Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's a very wet Thursday, the 8th of February. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. We'll have a bit more on the weather coming up. But our top story today is that a Medway mum says she fears for her son's future because he's been left without a school place. Now, five-year-old Louis has learning difficulties as well as autism. He was due to go to Abbey Court in Strood, but it's now been revealed there aren't enough teachers. Well, I've been speaking to mum, Kelly Smith. My Louis was born... Um, very premature. He was born at 25 weeks. Um, and then uh, he's got a lot of, um, like, he's got uh, global development delay. He's got lower limb cerebral palsy. He's got ASD uh, and he's nonverbal. So he went to um, mainstream nursery when he was three. Uh, took him a very long time to settle down, bless him. It really was hard work, but he finally did it. Uh, an EHCP started um, and then it was finally done, uh, I want to say July last year. So he got an EHCP to say that he needed special provisions, a special school. I had an interview um, over the phone with the SEND team and she's the one that went through his EHCP. And then she's the one that said that she would apply for Abbey Court and Dame Court. So both were applied for. Um, but obviously, where it was literally just before the summer holiday started, she said we probably won't hear anything now until back in, uh, when they start in September. So after like a week back, I still hadn't heard anything. So I was constantly asking, like, what's like what's going on basically? Um, and they said still no, still no contact. Um, and then they mentioned about having a tutor. So Louis has a tutor two hours a day. But it's hard, it's hard work. She's a lovely lady, but it, it's um, Louis, because it's done at home, Louis doesn't want to do what she wants to do because he wants to just play with his own toys. So being in his own environment is not really helping. So that's hard. Um, and then then we were told that Abbey Court were opening a new class and it was going to be open at Easter. So I thought, fantastic. Louis will start after Easter. So then I hadn't heard nothing for like a couple of months. So I rang the send team, left a message, no reply. So then I emailed um, and then they decided to tell me over email, not through phone call, that Abbey Court now haven't opened their new class because they haven't got the staff um, and it probably won't be open till September. It must have been incredibly frustrating, Kelly, that at one point you thought, great, Louis's got a place in a school that's really going to be yeah. suitable for him and then for that place to be taken away. Louis was a lockdown baby as well. So having Louis's um, extra needs and then not being able to go out there and mix with other children because we was in lockdown. So he's got no, like, he's got no um, social skills. He's got... Like, nothing, it's nothing. It's literally just him, me and his dad. And it's worrying me enough for him starting school, but then just keep messing him about, saying, oh, he might start at this school, but then when a school a place becomes available somewhere else, then we can move him. But that's not what I want to do because it's not it's unsettling for him. And what do you think Louis feels about the whole thing? Do you think he wants to go to school? Is he quite frustrated by this situation? It's quite difficult because Louis, like I say, Louis's not non-verbal. And he hasn't got much understanding. He's very, very behind. Like, he's got to be at least three years behind his age. So it's hard for him to communicate and explain what he wants. But I think this is what he needs. 
He really needs to just, he needs some friends. He needs to be able to socialise, understand the, the outside world, basically. Ow. Are you a bit concerned about yeah, his future because of this setback? Yeah, like Massively. I really am concerned about his future. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one, but obviously I know there must be more out there, but it just feels like it's just you. And what else makes me mad is if I wasn't sending Louis to school, I could end up in prison. I could get prosecuted for it. We have asked the school for a comment and we'll let you know about any further developments with this story. It's not the first time we've covered school provision for children with special educational needs on the podcast. In fact, if you've got a story you'd like to share, you can email us. The address is news at thekmgroup.co.uk. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a court's heard how burglars were caught raiding a cannabis factory in Folkestone when a man fell from a roof and was seriously injured. It's thought the victim had been minding the site in Guildhall Street in October last year. Four people admitted burglary and have been given suspended sentences. They've also got to do unpaid work. You can see video footage from the time it happened today at Kent Online. A shoplifter's been jailed after stealing more than £2,000 worth of meat from M&S in Dover. The 35-year-old targeted the store at St James's Retail Park 13 times last month. He's been locked up for 20 six weeks. Details have emerged of how a man died after being hit by a lorry outside Maidstone Hospital. 57-year-old Kevin Bryce from Aberdeen suffered fatal head injuries on Hermitage Lane in February 2022. An inquest has heard he was in the town for a court appearance and had been struggling with mental health issues. Now we've got reaction next to news that parking charges are set to increase to as much as £3.70 an hour in some of Kent's coastal towns. Canterbury City Council are looking at putting up prices as well as scrapping free parking concessions in parts of Herne Bay and Whitstable. That's despite objections from many residents and businesses during a public consultation. I've been chatting to Nejmi Hassan, who runs Makari's Cafe in Herne Bay. Parking's always been an issue, to be honest with you, because when we when we get to the summer months, there's, there's never enough parking, so we see regularly from about 11 o'clock in, in, in the morning, um, cars driving straight through and driving off to other towns because there's nowhere for them to park. Um, that that was more of a pre-COVID issue, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. Um, Post-COVID, whilst it's, it's not quite been that bad because we've not had the volume, it still has been an issue. There is a park, there is a parking problem within Herne Bay, uh, most definitely. And now you've heard about the planned increase in charges, how does that make you feel? To be honest, I think I, I feel it's like um, a nail in our coffin. Um, that might sound a bit dramatic, but parking in Herne Bay is already expensive. Any increase in that with obviously the economic factors to take into consideration the cost of living crisis, um, the fact that they out cost so much more because you have to buy, because the cost of goods has gone up, plus additional parking. I, I just can't see people coming to Herne Bay, especially not as they were. Um, it's definitely going to have going to have an impact, and I think it's going to have quite a big impact on the town as a whole. And tell me a bit about your business, because you rely hugely, don't you, on the tourism trade? Yeah, of course. So our, our busiest periods are at weekends, um, and that's when there's an influx of, of tourists. And obviously, things nowadays need to be affordable. And... Um, the increase in parking costs, I, I think, are gonna, going to be just that the final bit that makes it too. I mean, let's, the reality of it is that a day at the seaside is always supposed to be a, a cheap day out, and um, it's something that, that appeals during during the financial crisis. People can come along, 
have a picnic, you know, it shouldn't cost too much. But obviously when you're talking about, I was told yesterday, an 80% increase in, in parking charges, um, I think at the moment it's about £2.40 an hour. So that would take it closer to the £4 an hour mark. Um, I, I, I believe that that's, that's now unaffordable. Um, and so I, I, I think the people will, will either not be coming or they'll, they'll simply be going elsewhere. And I guess it's been hard for you as well to try and keep prices as low as you can because all of your stock, presumably, the price has gone up as well. It's very difficult. The cost of everything has gone up from utilities, which obviously you hear about on the TV, through to, to, to every item that we sell has had a price increase. Um, and also, obviously, that the staff, the staff need more money to live. So the wages have gone up. Um, and also the, the parking charges affect the staff because if it's going to cost them £4 an hour to come to work, uh, sorry, to park their vehicle, then how much do they need to be paid to make it even worth it? You know, so it's going to put pressure on pressure on us. It's going to make make it harder for us to find staff and it's not going to make it make it for the staff viable to, to work in Herne Bay. Um, so I guess they'll be looking for jobs elsewhere. Finding a job now is not the easiest thing. So it just puts it puts pressure on on the families on the day out, the staff that are working and the businesses as well. So it puts pressure on everything. And I think it's too much. I think that I don't think that um, Herm Bay will be able to, to justify it or substantiate it. And as a result, I think we will lose employees. We will lose customers. I think it's going to have a terrible, terrible effect on on, on the town as a whole, if I'm totally honest. Council bosses say though some prices may rise, the approach they're taking will spread the burden more fairly. They add that many car parks in the centre of Canterbury in particular will remain near or below the current rate and a free period for blue badge holders will be restored. You can let us know what you think about this by commenting on the story or on our socials. Kent Online reports. The police part of our council tax is going to increase by more than 5% as Kent police struggle to meet their budget. We'll pay an average of £13 a year more from April. The force still needs to find £7 million worth of savings. We're told staff roles will be reduced, but it won't impact the number of officers. And indeed, we'll have further reaction to this story in tomorrow's podcast. It's been revealed the Gillingham and Raynham MP received more in severance pay than for his ministerial salary. Raymond Chisty was paid just under £4,000 for his nine-week spell before losing the position in 20. 22. His severance was five and a half thousand. No rules were broken, but Labour say they'd reform them if they were in power. Now, the podcast has found out just how many people are travelling from the new Thanet Parkway station six months after it opened. Figures show it's been used by almost 42,000 passengers since August. That's compared to 660,000 who use Ramsgate. It cost £44 million to build the facility and bosses insist it was worth it. They're expecting a surge in demand when nearby housing projects are complete. Next today, students at the University of Kent have started a petition to save their courses from being cut. As we've told you in a previous episode of the podcast, as many as nine areas of study are at risk, as well as 58 staff roles at the Medway and Canterbury campuses due to financial pressures. Ashley Hendra is in her third year of studying anthropology, one of the courses set to be phased out. I think we were just really distressed um, at first when we heard it because we received an email in a lecture and we were kind of just very confused about what everything meant. It just wasn't articulated to us. Um, it's just kind of, it's, we got an email that said basically uh, after the, the current first graduated 
your course will be cut. And as third years, it didn't it didn't seem to affect Morgan and I at first. Um, we just thought it's kind of sad. It's very sad because we love anthropology, we love our degrees, we love our lecturers. Then when we started thinking about it more and more, we were like, actually, this devalues our degree by cutting anthropology. So I think then we got very angry. Um, so we started mobilizing then. Was, was there any sort of communication after the email? Did anybody come in and, and clarify what was written or was it up to you to sort of seek out your own answers? It was, yeah, it was definitely left up to us. Um, we mentioned things to lecturers. We had a lecture the next day and we were talking about the cuts and everything. And he had not been told we had been told about the cuts. No one, there had been no communication with the administration letting the lecturers know that we had been told. So they were completely kept in the dark about everything as we as we were. And I understand that you've started a petition now. Can I ask, what are you calling for? Uh, yeah, so my friend Morgan and I basically started the movement. Um, so I set up a petition um, and we are basically asking the Kent 30 plans to be stopped, which is basically culling the humanities. It definitely started out as just anthropology, as that was our degree and what we were concerned with. But as we spent more and more time with people in similar situations in the different degree programs, we realized that it was more of a university wide thing. And so we are asking for all of the humanities to be preserved at Kent. And what would it mean if if the cuts went ahead? Uh, we When we were speaking earlier, I mentioned that, you know, anthropology is not very common uh, qualification. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of places that run it. What would be options for those students that are that are having to drop it halfway through? I think it's just a real sad state of affairs for anthropology. It's it might not be the most common degree, but it is a great one. And it has the basis for so many other programs. It has a lot of links with sociology, geography, um, psychology, sociology, so many other things that go hand in hand with anthropology that people aren't just aware of. Um, as someone who wants to go into academia when they're older, you know, when I've graduated, I'm planning to do my master's and a, and a PhD. So it's just, it makes me worry for my future in academia if they're already cutting programs like this, how long? And if they start with anthropology, how long until they take away psychology and sociology and all these other humanities? I think a lot of the lecturers are worried that Kent is just going to turn into a polytechnic again with no no social sciences or humanities whatsoever. Kent Online reports. A Mexican restaurant in Sittingbourne High Street has reopened following an infestation of cockroaches. Tacos Locos was forced to shut last year after a visit from hygiene inspectors. The owners say the problem is now in the past and customers are slowly starting to return. The first ever silent disco to be held in Canterbury Cathedral will get underway tonight. The historic nave has been turned into a dance floor with visitors wearing headphones and bopping along to classics from the 90s. The move has received some criticism, with some saying it's an unprecedented use of a sacred building. You can let us know what you think about it by commenting on the story. As I promised earlier, a bit more on that weather. We do have a weather warning for heavy rain in force across Kent right now. Forecasters reckon some areas could get up to 45 millimetres of rain over the next 24 hours. It could also cause some flooding and travel disruption. The yellow alert lasts until 6am tomorrow. That's Friday. We will, of course, keep you updated with our regular travel and news updates over on our sister radio station, KMFM. And a fundraiser has been launched to help a therapy dog from Chatham who's broken his leg. Skippy started as mental health support at Maundean Primary after the pandemic, but last year broke his leg during a PE lesson. Chloe Rattler is Skippy's owner. She's been speaking to Sophia from our colleagues at KMTV. He um, tore his cruciate ligament.
ligament. Um, and then when he had x-rays, we found out that he's got um, uh, uh, damage in both of his um, knees as well. Um, so they did tell us that eventually he would also need his other knee operated on the same as his current leg. Um, so yeah, it was quite a, a blow. Um, and we were kind of weighing up the options about what was best for him kind of moving forward. Um, but we also knew how much he kind of meant to everybody else and it wasn't just about him and, and you know, him being my dog. It was about him as our Maundine dog as well. Yeah, he's such a huge part of the school, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, I don't think I kind of realised until he did hurt his leg how much of an impact he has on so many other people, um, you know, the kids um, and how much they miss him. Um, you know, I had kids from other classes that I didn't even know writing cards for him. And I think just our wider community as well, um, just kind of the love and support that we've been given to, to help him, you know, the fundraiser that was set up, um, you know, by, by other members of staff and just how much our community has kind of given to to support him has been just phenomenal. Yeah, because it's going to be quite expensive, isn't it, to get him that second operation as well? Yeah, so in total for the first leg that we had cost us seven grand and we, we did use what little left we had of his um, insurance. Unfortunately, there's lots of loopholes in terms of with that and just like the caps and stuff that are on there. Um, and we used like... Um, all of our savings that we had left and you know we made sacrifices ourselves and stuff just kind of moving forward but yeah it's about seven grand in total to be able to also do his other leg um so, you know just yeah just kind of been blown away with the support and stuff that we've had for for him to kind of get better and move forward with his life and these students have told us a bit about why they like having skippy at their school it's really nice to have him around the school because every time he comes around we all strike him and give him it's incredible. Um, he can be like really calm and he can help you feel like better if you're feeling down but also he can um, like when you're excited you can play with him but it's um, different when, since he's been back because he hasn't been able to do things quite as well. Usually um, in the library he maybe come down sit next to you and it's all it's always helped me with my confidence reading because I know I'm not just reading to myself, I could always read to him. Kent Online Sports. Football first up and Gillingham midfielder Dom Jeffries is set to be out for two months after tearing a thigh muscle. The 21-year-old missed the game against Walsall at the weekend and the full extent of the injury has now been revealed. At the moment, it's not thought he'll need surgery. Here's head coach Stephen Clements. Unfortunately, yeah, we are looking nearer to that sort yeah. of timescale, which is, has been a real... Um, yeah, big blow for everybody, for him, for him, for him as well. Um, Twenty-one-year-old lad who's been told he can't play for a, that amount of time is difficult. So I, I feel for him, but he's a big miss to the team and to the squad. Um, so um, yeah, we have to unfortunately wait for him to 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 heal. He is he is normally a quick healer, uh, so it could be quicker. Uh, but it's it was quite a nasty tear on his thigh. Uh, oh. he, he basically went to take off to go into a a stride and uh, he pulled up straight away and I was, I was watching it at the time and I thought oh that doesn't look good and uh, unfortunately uh, that was the news so yeah disappointing as soon as he can get back on the grass and, and he can start 
being mobile again, I do think he'll recover quick. Um, but we have to make sure he does recover properly and we don't uh, push him too soon because we need him to heal and, and get better. And um, But no, there's still potential that he'll be back uh, before the end of the season. Staying with football and last night's match between Dartford-based London City Lionesses and Arsenal had to be called off because of a waterlogged pitch. They were due to play in the FA Women's League Cup at Prince's Park. It was postponed as officials said the surface was unsafe. And finally, in tennis, if you missed the result last night, Kent's Emma Rajakanu is out of the Abu Dhabi Open. She lost in straight sets to two-time Wimbledon finalist Angebor. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. And whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out our very latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.